I'm Mike Hebert, owner of Cantex Roofing and Construction. Every day is game day, and we'll get it right when it comes to your roofing, construction, windows, and mirrors. Call Cantex Roofing and Construction today. Together, we are one serving you. The podcast put together with Red Raider fans in mind. This is the Tech Talk Podcast from Double T 97.3. Presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. Hey there, how you going? Tech Talk on Double T 97.3 and Double T 97.3.com with Dr. Mike Gustafson and Clint Scott. I'm Aaron Dickens. We're joining you today until 6 o'clock. We'll have the Dallas Cowboys Hour coming up at that time. Uh, followed at 7 o'clock by Monday Night Football, Chicago Bears at the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, gentlemen, did you have a uh, good weekend, good holiday weekend? I most certainly did. Checked a ton of boxes. Got the kid moved home from Midland and, uh, you know, hung some Christmas lights and kind of that stuff. I did more. I probably had more obligations than I would have liked to have had, but that's life. None of it was like a weekend ruiner, but it was just, uh, yeah, there was something every day. Yeah, I had a a great weekend. I, I tried to wade through one stop, somehow just forgetting that it was Black Friday going out into the world uh, at like 11 a.m. to Cabela's, which either everyone, and this is at 11 in the, in the morning, either everyone was sprinting or at a stone wall standstill, and there was no in-between. Um, and I was quickly found out that wasn't worth it. Um, so outside of that kind of wasted trip, I had a great weekend. Um, I turn it up? Am I doing anything... No, I just tried to be as eat as much as possible, horizontal and still as possible on, uh, you know, for most of it. I think we've pretty much wiped out the leftovers. Mac and cheese is gone. Mashed potatoes gone. Wellington is mostly gone. Um, Rolls are gone. Oreo cobbler gone. Ooh, so nice. Got a. I noticed a little. I I was putting together a little, little lunch thing today and. uh, that I didn't end up eating because I had a, I thought I had a maybe lunch with a buddy, which which did pan out, and uh, and and as I was putting all that together or kind of finishing up, I looked in there and like, oh, hello there, leftover dressing, you know, and so I I we've still got some of that. I don't know if that's enough to just make dinner tonight or what, but I'm I'm here for it or lunch tomorrow or supplement lunch tomorrow, whatever. Can see that happening. So we'll uh, we'll spread some of these out because I'm supposed to get a bunch of emails uh, a week from today, <laughs> and some of those sending myself yeah, emails. Some of the haze in the barn already for that, but I did just get one um, scheduled that I guess I assumed was going to be going out uh, next Monday, but it just hit my inbox. Uh, subject: Clint Scott thinks that Deion Sanders will go five and seven in his first season. And um, to, barely to be, missed it. To be fair to Clint, to be fair to Clint, and if you're a fan of Clint being wrong, you've you got <laughs> some more opportunities ahead of you. Um, he said this before the season. So he was running against the grain in a lot of ways. Uh, this wasn't after they started out three and zero. This was, I think, in August sometime, and so they got pretty close. I did not picture Stanford being the team that brought me down 
in the uh, Dion five and seven yeah. camp. Yeah. And I think also it's, you know, I think their schedule ended up being tougher on the Pac-12 side of things than people expected, right? I think people, that mm-hmm. TCU game is being really, really challenging. Obviously, right. USC and Oregon, but um, anyways, so uh, there you go. That's that's one email. We'll do some more tomorrow and uh, the next day. But we have plenty to talk about already uh, without going to the email well. Things like the St. Louis Cardinals getting uh, winning the uh, free agency day. Yeah, like exactly, getting Sunny exactly. Gray signed yeah. for three yeah. years, seventy five million. Was that was that on your list? Baseball. Yeah. That was the first <laughs> hour you. I've got planned. Yeah, yes. There you go. <laughs> um, that's that that conversation is heating up. I'm I'm in, I'm in obviously jest about uh, the sunny stuff, but the uh, you know every day we're one day closer to uh, you know winter meetings and all that kind of stuff, and there'll be uh, we'll, we'll, the Otani thing is about to. It, all of that stuff's going to get louder before it gets quieter, but it's kind of fun to have in the background here. Well, and and I mean, may, why does my freaking headphones just keep like spitting out? Um, d- d- hasn't he told, or hasn't his representation told teams that hey, if any word leaks out of our meetings, then you're out? I I, I wouldn't doubt it. You um, know, which makes for a very boring uh, free agency. <laughs> it does, and the the my team is is famously uh, n- no comment. But they won't comment on any pending free agency deals, and so because of that, I think a lot of times the uh, the teams that that might have a reputation for spending, which the Cardinals generally aren't big spenders, but Yankees and people like that that won't comment, it makes them also fodder for all the rumors because it's like they're not going to come out and deny this, and so you know the the Boris the Boris camp their plants <laughs> around around the sport will uh throw out a room out there yeah, he's talking to so and so and such and such but it is uh you know otani's camp has enough juice to be able to say that like hey don't don't embarrass us now that doesn't mean that the san francisco giants can't you know somebody can't see otani getting out of a limousine in downtown san francisco with sure. the owner of the giants and go oh you know react to it that way maybe they'll maybe they'll take a page out of like the taylor swift book <laughs> and sneak him in in like a luggage cart or something the yes. way that she snuck in in some kind of like uh band equipment box perfect uh this in the yeast flooring center chat line somebody says uh bullfighter please text in the checklist so we can get a segment from ad and gus on chuck's dumb takes um, we all have dumb takes, man. Oh, like when you is. sit here and talk for three hours every weekday, um, I mean, you're, you're bound to have plenty of dumb takes. Mm-hmm. Um, somebody says this embarrassing two exclamation marks have to be more specific. Me and Clint and Aaron are again. I mean, I, I, I mean, that's I, I like was this week and another I Monday. A lot. Um, somebody says, is Kitley gone yet? No. Um, I, I do not expect him to, I, I don't expect any coordinator to be dismissed. Like if, if you're sitting there, um, holding out hope i i don't i don't think that that's the case now could there be some staff movement yes i think kenny perry will go after the utep job now um, he's your special teams coordinator but there's no guarantee that he'll get that and i i think that um i would be surprised if utep coming off of uh, the dana dimmel tenure goes back to the same well of a kind of a grizzled veteran power mm-hmm. five assistant i think that they'll probably go young i don't mm-hmm. know that just a guess um, so if, if, if Perry moves on, then, then you would have a, a spot to fill there. You, you never know if someone's going to go pursue another opportunity, kind of like Emmett Jones did, mm-hmm. right, um, earlier this year. 
Um, you know, and, and maybe Kitley goes after a head job somewhere. Maybe goes after the UTEP job. I, again, no clue. Um, but I, I think you're um, barking up the wrong tree, I think, if you're expecting any coordinator to get fired. More tech talk. Lots more to get to next. It's every Red Raiders favorite podcast. This is the Tech Talk Podcast from Double D 97.3. Presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. Hey there, how you going? It's Tech Talk on Double T 97.3 and Double T 97.3.com with Gus and Clint. I'm Aaron. We're joining you today from the first United Bank studio. We'd love to hear what is on your mind today. Let us know on the Yates Flooring Center chat line. And access that at double T 973com or you can fire up your uh, mobile phone and uh, check out the double T 973 mobile app presented by Happy State Bank. Uh, this on the chat line from MC. I'm not saying that Kitley gets fired, but if he was, I wouldn't be able to argue against it. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I wouldn't be like distraught. You know, I wouldn't be like beside myself with grief. Um, but I, I just don't think that, uh, that that's going to happen. Um, this on the H flooring center chat line, uh, we won't beat SMU. We won't beat UTSA, air force, Troy, or Liberty. What in the heck is that? In response to what? I, uh, a bowl matchup or what? I mean, it's not basketball non-conference schedule. Yeah, so I don't yeah, It's I not don't anybody know. we're playing next year in football. So yeah, I think the, the bowl matchup, I mean, you know, it's, it's all just projections at this point. There was a, some Syracuse's last week. This week it's been, uh, uh, I saw a Cal. Yeah, Cal and UCLA in the Independence Bowl. There was one other one. Um, there was one that had us going to the Camellia Bowl in oh. Montgomery and playing like, Georgia Southern or something like oh, that. Yeah. I was like, Clay Mercy. Helton. Yeah, the fighting Clay Helton. Yeah. That's right. Uh, Raging Raider has this. Given Frank Reich got fired today after 1-10, and 10, would Jimmy Johnson have been fired for going 1-15 and 15 in Dallas? Yeah, maybe. I, I mean, um, this in the chat line from our friend Sooner in Lubbock. Well, guys, it was, or I was really hoping you'd be more competitive. That was pretty bad. Glad y'all had a good holiday. Had a very good holiday. Yeah, I was interrupted for about two hours of suck, um, <laughs> and then I turned it off and started watching the Highlander movie. Uh, oh yeah! And so things got way better. Was that uh, shout out to Queen and Chris did, Lambert and did all that Sean come Connery. together all right? Yeah, that was good. Sure did. You get the uh, Born to be Kings to... were the no. She was very unimpressed. I do like. Swords. She was like, "What? What the hell are you making me watch?" There we go. So she went that, to bed. Ah, there we yeah. go. That's, that was a. And so you you laid out two movies and you said there can only be one. Yeah. So um, is that a joke? Yeah, I mean, like, is that, is that a Highlander joke it, or what? it wasn't? It wasn't competitive. Oh, um, I, nothing. I'm not surprised by the results. Well, you had said that it could be a name or score game. I, I mean, Gus, and you guys know this, I sent in my my game-by-game -game predictions to Jeff McGuire. He bugs us every week to send him like three sentences for, I guess, the website, game predictions. And so I, as you were losing to BYU, I sent in my game-by-game -game predictions <laughs> for the rest of the season, and I stood on those. I did not respond to another email from him. He ran with what I sent him. 
while Tech was fumbling uh, quarterback running back exchanges in Provo, Utah. And uh, then I said that this will be a name your score game. And um, Texas was motivated. Uh, when when they have been motivated this season, they've been playing really, really well. I think um, what is very Texas about their season is that it seems as if they've really only reached that point maybe three times this year. Tuscaloosa, um, Dallas, which they lost, and yeah. uh, in Texas Tech. Not to say that they weren't motivated against other teams, but not – as as much not as consistently not throughout the game not on all three sides of the ball etc and they just kicked your ass man like they, they are significantly better at every position um they dominated you in the trenches on both sides um which i don't think should surprise anybody and you got donkey stomped i mean period end of story um you weren't competitive i was honestly surprised that the defense played as well as it did considering how little the offense uh was able to do um and so there you go. But we'll always have last year. And, um, you know, I guess we're all Oklahoma State fans this weekend. Man, I don't I don't have high hopes for them either. No, I, I don't either. Um, and I, I think that it will be really uh, funny in a way uh, for Texas fans, assuming that they win on Saturday, to kind of puff up their chests and, and double rods everyone as they exit the conference. Like, oh, yeah. See, Who's your daddy, et cetera. <laughs> Congratulations for tying Baylor for the most Big 12 championships in the league's history. Like, good job. Great job there. You know, like, hey, good good job tying Kansas State for the most Big 12 championships, Texas. More resources than God. You know, always more talented at every position than any other team. Right? Good job. You, you've tied Kansas State and Baylor. You've done it. You've showed us all. You really, drop. You, you really showed us. So... There we go. Uh, this in the Yates Flooring Center chat line. Uh, seriously, you're talking baseball? Yeah, that's, that's the whole 4 o'clock hour. Gus is going to talk about the Cardinals free agency. Uh, I did, yeah, I brought that up for like two minutes as a joke. So. Bobby Hotdog says, uh, Baseball! Aaron Clint was speaking very kindly of you today. Uh, it was so nice of you to invite him to the Dickens Thanksgiving feast. He said that the cheese weenies reminded him of his great-grandmother's <laughs> cheese weenies. Um, Just a good... Almost, you know, Midwestern vein type meal, perfect for me. Put it right beside the mashed potatoes. It was a good staple for like the I'm, Thanksgiving. I'm all for bits, but they've got to be believable. And I don't think that anybody out there would ever believe that I would invite you to our Thanksgiving dinner, or that I said something nice about you. That, that's true. Yeah, that's <laughs> true. Um, this in the chat line. Uh, I know why the football team wore black pants to try and hide the poop in them. It's the brown eye. Oh, okay. Um, this in the chant line. Uh, we all wish that Kitley was gone. I feel that Micah Hudson and Will Hammond brought him another year or two. Um, listen, I, like we can have a conversation about the offense. I'm happy to do that. I think that I've been. I mean, we I was we were talking about this in week three. Mm-hmm. I think. Mm-hmm. Um, so we we can do that coming up. Uh, this in the chat line, uh, will McGuire go after Will Rogers or are they content with Baron Morton? Will Rogers, of course, the former Mississippi State quarterback who's entered the portal officially today and uh, will play one final year someplace else. Could also go after the Louisiana Tech quarterback. Right? 
I, I do. Th- I will not be surprised if they add a quarterback to the roster, either via the portal, preferably, or even junior college. Um, but I think that is solely as a backup option for Baron Morton. Like you, you are coming in to provide um, a a veteran backup option if Morton goes down. I think that they are going into the next season with Baron Morton as the clear, undisputed number one. And I think that is in part why Tyler Shuck is electing to transfer instead of play next year at Texas Tech. Yeah, and I wonder. Uh, I mean, if were that to be the case, what you said, if a veteran veteran backup was brought in, how how much of a uh, what does that say about the future of uh, Jake Strong? Well, I, I don't know that it's an indictment on Jake Strong, just a, a realization that hey, if if Morton misses, you know, a game, two games, three games, Jake Strong as a redshirt freshman is probably not going to yeah. um, lead you to a bunch of Big Twelve wins. Whereas maybe a a steady veteran handed quarterback, although with a limited ceiling. And no long-term future at the uh, at the program. Maybe they can do a bit better. I don't know. More tech talk next. The podcast put together with Red Raider fans in mind. This is the Tech Talk podcast from Double T ninety seven three, presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. Hi, how are you? Good afternoon. It's Tech Talk on Double T 97.3 and Double T 97.3.com with Gus and Clint. I'm Aaron. We're joining you today until 6. We'll have the Dallas Cowboys hour coming up at that time here on Double T 97.3. High school fans on at 6 on 100.7 the score. I was going to ask something about that drop right there. This goes out to all the juggalos and the juggalettes. The, uh, whoop. The, uh, you think the actor that played, oh, what's his name on Eastbound there, you think he's the typecast? Because we haven't seen a lot from him, have we? He's one of the all-time. All the fixings. Yeah, all the stoppings and fixings. <laughs> and all the, all the, uh, all that stuff that was so hilarious. And I can't tell you that I've seen a big arc from him. Like, he played just a, a colossal doofus and, like, this great character. But then it's, like, I mean, when you have a hard time, like, uh, Joe Blow's here to audition for the uh, role of Abraham Lincoln. Like, you just can't take him seriously. Well, it's, it's Come like, on, do the Juggalos and Juggalettes thing. Come uh, on. <laughs> it, Danny McBride, I think, was the lead. Yeah. Hell in, yeah. Uh, yeah. In Eastbound and Down. And he's done, like, he's did uh, Vice Principals, or is, is still doing, I don't know, Vice Principals on HBO and also uh, The Righteous Gemstones. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there's so much crossover between those two shows. In terms of, I mean, McBride is in it. Um, th- there was that one guy on The Shield that was in it. Um, there's a, an actress that, that's in both. And so I'm surprised that we haven't seen... Um, seen our boy yeah, resurface. Stephen Little. So... <laughs> so good. So good. This in the Yates Flooring Center chat line um, from Bullfighter. I'll only post it if A&D and... AD and Gus want to see the checklist. Sure, yeah, I'm, I'm, I want to see everything. 
Uh, this from Paolo. Eddie, I think that you were as realistic as it could be when predicting the outcome of Friday's game. I think that, I mean, I think a lot of us, I don't know that I was in a, uh, on an island there. Um, I, I don't, I think that you guys were also as equally. Yeah, I mean, you're 14 point underdogs yeah. for a reason. Reason. So let's talk offense. It, it clearly was not good this year. I don't, I don't know how that you, how you fix it. I'm also not a coach and, and none of us three are, um, you know, the, the types that can give you a detailed X's and O's scheme breakdown of what went wrong. Um, I, I'd love to read that from anyone. Um, but much like you don't have to be a, a, a three-star Michelin chef to know whether something tastes good or not. I think that if you're a tech fan and have watched some of the best offenses in the country over the last 25 years play at this at this program. I think you know when you see good offense and when you see bad offense, and this was a bad offense. Yep. Um, I think there were some mitigating factors that were outside the control of um, the coaches, the, the quarterback injuries chief among them. Uh, but I also think the offense was bad early on under Tyler Shuck, and I think that raises a lot of questions. I uh, I don't believe for a second that McGuire or even Kitley or in I I think that everyone involved over there recognizes that hey this stunk right let's not do this again let's not have this happen again and so I I I fully expect um a a and this won't ever be publicized right they're not going to go and there's not going to be like a uh, a nine eleven commission style report yeah, issued, right? You know, yeah, it's not going to be a big external on thing, the failings yeah. of the offense. But I, yeah, they're of course going to break it down, dissect where they went wrong, what happened, uh, what they could have done better, where they could have um, improved, the mistakes that they because like we, we just watched twelve games, right? We watched the team play for twelve games. In some instances, they were good. In some, they were bad. You should think of a football program like an iceberg, okay? Like so much of what we see on Saturdays in the fall, that the, the stuff that led to that happened in March, in February, in April, right? The stuff that you don't see, right? The, 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 the base of the iceberg that's all submerged. We just see the tip of the iceberg, Golly, guys, come on. I didn't say a word. Come on. Clint was in there giggling. Um, we just see the tip of the iceberg. Laughing at uh, something in the oh, okay. account, you know. And so I think where I think where you went wrong offensively, in my opinion, was probably in the stuff that we didn't see. More so than the stuff that we did see. Um, I, I think that whenever you try to fix something, I think it's important to recognize like how and why it was broken. Right, and so if if I'm, and they're probably doing this. I mean, why why was the offense so ineffective early on with Tyler Shuck? Yeah. Right, like I went back and looked at this. This is, in hindsight, this is shocking to me. Do Do you know who uh, two of your starting receivers were for the first two games? Hmm. Probably Loic and Loic and JJ Sparkman. Wow. 
And by the end of the they, year, they those didn't dudes both start both games. Right. But they they both started right. in those first two games, and that was be- while that during the Aiken injury, while he was still coming back. Sparkman had two catches. Right, uh, Loic Fungi had five. I mean, Sparkman had as many catches over the course of the season as Brady Boyd had on Friday. The the red shirting freshman who they played in the last two games because they could play him and not burn his red shirt. Now, I realize Aiken was injured, but if he was already kind of locked up as a starter at that point, I think that raises other questions. But, like, if Fungi and Sparkman are starting early on, to me, that implies some level of approval about their camp performance. Like, hey, we like where they're going. They've done well. Okay? What what was the disconnect there? Right? Like, what? How did you go from that to... Two catches, five catches. Yeah, I agree. Remember the narrative at that point, too. And and Aiken at that point was a wild card. Or, or just a incomplete because he had – didn't he break a bone early in camp? I think yeah, it was a, something. Yeah, it was a six-week type deal, if I remember correctly. And, uh, and so, if I remember correctly, those, you know, those depth charts rolling into um, – the Wyoming game and just out, you know, coming out of camp, it was it was uh Dre McCray as as sort of a backup all over the place. And it was Miles Price inside, and I think maybe Xavier White in there with him. And then McCray was a backup on both whatever, X and Z or whatever. I mean getting those sure. maybe yeah. getting those wrong, but you know what I mean. And then like Sparkman Fungi Bradley. I'm like, man, it's got a chance to be some bigger dudes on the field with the the speed elements over the middle, and or or in the middle in the slot, um, with with Price and McCray and those guys, and and it does make you wonder, um, you know, was there what happened with that? Either that it it was a it was such a sad room of just full of underperformance that. It it was just sometimes you can mistake and I'm not saying they did this but I I've, I've done this when I've watched Tech have bad baseball teams and I'm going back 15 years I don't mean now but where you go oh man we got pre competition at shortstop and then you go back at the end of the year and you go it was competition because it neither player was very stunk. good yeah yeah and it makes you wonder that about the receiver situation with regard to a couple of those names that we're talking about this conversation this exact conversation continues more next. We just see the tip. The podcast that finishes your workday in a very Red Raider way. This is the Tech Talk Podcast from Double T 97.3. Presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. Hi there. How you going? It's Tech Talk on Double T 97.3 and Double T 97.3.com with Gus and Clint. I'm Aaron. Uh, we'll continue our conversation about tech's offense Kind of a season end review type deal in a second, but uh, real quick, uh, some transfer portal news, not NBC News worthy, sorry. Um, the, these two guys are entering as graduate transfers because typically, um, un- unless your head coach left, you're not able to enter your name in the portal. But since they are graduate transfers, they can. The, the big one starts, uh, I think, the 4th of December, so next week. But Blake Shapin. Baylor quarterback has entered his name in the portal. And uh, Treshawn Ward from Kansas State uh, has entered his name in the portal. Ward transferred into K-State last year from Florida State. 
So this will be his third home um, wherever he ends up. Could possibly, well, I don't know where he is on his deal, but they could possibly have to sit out. He's a grad transfer. Grad transfer? Yeah, okay, both right. so both he, are grad transfers. So, so they can, he, they're free to get. Yeah, they are free it. to move about the cabin. Um, so we're talking the offense, and, and we, we've talked a bit about the receivers, and, and I think that we'll bounce around other places too, but I wanted to continue that conversation. Like, I, to catch you up, if you're just tuning in, I think we, we, we were all wondering what was the disconnect between where you started in the season receiver-wise and where you ended up, mm-hmm. right? Were they – like, if, if you would have traveled back in time to August and told Juice Johnson and Zach Kitley and, and Joe McGuire that, hey, your receivers are going to be one of the most disappointing groups on the team, if not the conference, would they be shocked? Or would they go, yeah, it kind of lines up with what we're seeing. Right. You know? And sure. Again, we'll never know that, but that's a question that I have. Um, I, I'm curious if they, how surprised are they that McCray was not able to get open more consistently against power five defensive backs? We know he has speed. We've seen that on, on kickoff returns. Um, I'm, I'm glad that he'll be back for another year, bulk up, um, in the off season and me, and maybe kind of be able to handle that a bit better. Um, but you know, were they expecting him to get open more against power five secondaries? Um, why why did they struggle so much blocking on the outside? That that's yeah. that should be bread and butter. That should be a layup. And I wonder if that um if that screen game and the physicality of that took a hit maybe given the I guess underperformance if you will of Fungi and Sparkman. Like we we can do this one of two ways. We can get guys that have been more productive in the pass-catching game out there on the field or guys that are good blockers. Well, that becomes a tell after a while. Like, oh, hey, here comes Sparkman and Fungi. All right, yeah. we'll get ready. Oh, there's that stack, that little stack thing they run out there. You know, like if you, if, if that guy's on the field, then certain things can't happen. It's an easy thing for them to catch before sure. the snap. Yeah, like and that that I think that's your aching for as a defense to be able to go every time number 47 runs on the field, they go do this, whatever it is. Pass protection, blitz pickup. He he won't carry the ball or he will carry the ball or he won't go out in a pass route or whatever. And you know, it but but back to back to the the underperformance of those guys again, or I don't, I can't, we can't call it underutilization when a guy catches five balls all year. Like, I mean, something's not right. You're you're not accidentally getting open. Loic had a touchdown catch. I think the first TD of the game, maybe against U of H. And it was a nice play, nice catch, and it was something that we'd kind of seen him do before. But just you know, there's just not much production there. Miles Price is probably the proven veteran in that group, or the most proven veteran. And he was kind of in and out of the lineup this yeah. year with injuries. Um, and he he gave you about what he has before. Mm-hmm. And the same goes for Xavier White. And I don't know that anybody was expecting them to come in and take a huge step forward this fall, like we were with Bradley, certainly, and maybe even Fungi or Sparkman. Mm-hmm. I, and I can't. Yeah, and I, I tell you, the, the deeper into the year we got, when I saw number 14 getting targeted, I was like, oh, okay, good. You know, because yeah. Exo kind of makes some guys miss. I mean, and and he can also – he's also a guy, and we saw this at, at BYU, like he 
I'm not saying nobody can run him down, but it's like when he gets some space, he can get gone in a way that you, you don't see the you don't see DBs just sucking him in and tackling him at the ten. And then I think you also need to ask and wonder and and review. And again, this is in the context of some kind of internal process to identify you know where you went wrong on offense this year. Like, did you do a good job of scheming your players open? Right, mm-hmm. because it sure seemed like from watching the games, mostly on television, that you know y- your receivers were always covered. It seemed like you were playing against defenses with like fifteen players on the field. <laughs> right? Yeah. Was that was that poor, uh, you know, play design, or was that players just not making plays, or was that just quarterbacks making the wrong read? And missing open players elsewhere that aren't on the in the camera shot. Again, I don't know what the answer is, and I'm not pretending that I do. Yeah. Um, but to me, that's that's a question that they need to to answer over the off season, like internally, um, as they try to improve for next year. It, it felt like early this year, the O line didn't play as well as they were playing toward the end of the year. Like felt like that group got better as they went along. Um, uh, you know, and and I mean, again, we 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 and we've talked about this ad nauseum. The thirty-three carries for ninety-three yards at Wyoming, you know, just there was just nothing there. And then we had a pass drop, you know, a critical pass. Drop. I mean, just some of that stuff that the whole you know felt like every every series there was. A, you know, once the farther we got into that game, there was an, another reason for something sputtering. Um, and then then the only run game really got going. The next week against Oregon was QB run, um, you know, which Shuck, Shuck kind of did a whole Miss game uh, type deal. You know, twenty three carries for it's a hundred plus yards, but it was minus thirty in sacks, so the total ended up being like closer to 130, 140 yards. Um, but he was on the run, you know, a ton in that game, and the a couple of monster pressures that led to fumbles or interceptions or whatever they were, but. Uh, but but as we went along, there was a transition to Taj and more of a run game mentality. But uh, as you and I have talked about, as good as Taj is, that's not a uh, it, it's not a big home run hitter type speed scenario. There, he's not uh, you know busting eighty yard runs and uh, yeah, and, and so it just it, it felt like for the second year in a row we have uh, one of the real narratives coming out of last year was that we were one of the few teams in the NCAA that didn't have a longer play longer than 50 yards or whatever. I think we topped that this year, but it was still, there's still not many home yeah. run balls in there. You know, Xavier had the 70 yard catch at BYU shuck had a 58 yard run or something. It's like, you know, we just don't, we just haven't had busted those 80 yards and we did have a couple kick returns and all. I felt like it got a little bit better in that regard, but it's, Still not good. More next on Lubbock's Sports Station, Double T 97.3. It's every Red Raiders favorite podcast. This is the Tech Talk Podcast from Double T 97.3. Presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. Hey there, how you going? It's Tech Talk on Double T 97.3 and Double T 97.3.com with Gus and Clint. I'm Aaron. We're joining you today until 6 love to hear your thoughts and comments on the Yates Flooring Center chat line at DoubleT973.com. Uh, you better start getting some of these texts on the Yates Flooring Center chat line uh, if we have any hope of getting through them all before the show ends. 
Um, this in the chat line. Uh, say Texas wins Saturday. What's the best bowl we could get? I want a good matchup um, as good as possible. Uh, I mean, I, my assumption is uh, that Independence Bowl would be the best bowl. I wonder if our guys would say, if Coach McGuire and them would say that their hope is that we play in a later bowl on the calendar for the purposes of getting more practices out of. I would bet that you're right. Yeah. Independence Bowl would be the worst possible. Right. It's super early. It's on December 16th. Um, the other two that you, uh, I guess the other three that you might kind of be in the mix for, uh, Armed Forces Bowl in Fort Worth. I think that, that game's at the TCU Stadium. Uh, that's on December 23rd. That's either an American Athletic Conference team or a Conference USA team. Uh, the first Responder Bowl is in Dallas. That's uh, American Athletic Conference, ACC, or Conference USA. That's on December 26th. Or the Guaranteed Rate Bowl in Phoenix, although that you're not going to get that, so it doesn't yeah. matter. Uh, I, I think you're going to end up in, in um, Shreveport. I would be very surprised if you if you weren't. Um, the uh, that is the last pick. What, that it, is the last pick la, in terms of preference. In terms of preference, yeah. they get for, last pick for the simple. Oh, oh, oh! I see what you're saying. That's the the proverbial uh, last the the blast uh, bowl team choice. The bowls get right. a, a, basically a draft 12, of the bowl eligible teams. Unlike yeah. the SEC, which tells the bowls, "Hey, you're going to get this right. team." Right. The Big 12 allows those teams to pick, and um, and all the projections seem to have Texas Tech in the Independence Bowl. Um, the Armed Forces Bowl would have West Virginia uh, against maybe Syracuse or something. And then the First Responders Bowl, um, I guess you alternate those. In terms of the draft order? Well, I think... I think you alternate those like, hey, this year it's the Armed Forces Bowl, that next year it's first responders is what I'm saying. I think Got that it. might okay. be what happens. So, um, anyways, um, this in the chat line, can you see Tech playing A&M in a bowl game? Absolutely not. Not this year. No. Yeah. Well, I mean, even A&M has uh, and or the SEC has made it so that that's just not going to happen. You're not ever going to see Tech – uh, unless there's some kind of uh, change in direction in College Station, they're not ever going to agree to play um, Texas. Well, I guess it won't matter now because yeah. they're in the SEC, but certainly Texas Tech in any kind of bowl game, especially now. Like, Why Why would you at A&M, with an interim coach um, coming off of a wildly disappointing season, agree to play Tech, which, again, 6-6, six 10-1, and 4-8 six, and one, four and eight would be super jacked to play A&M in a bowl game, right? Um, yeah, they haven't allowed that to happen for 12 years now or yeah. whatever. I mean, and Missouri has ducked Kansas, right? They ducked them last year. Big time. Yeah, so it's the same. Duff in Houston says this, if we learn anything from that bee slapping in Austin, it's how outmatched we are in the trenches on both sides. We didn't have a chance. Um, Has Hoka said anything since Friday night? I mean, I would guess he's talked some, but uh, he's not like talked to the media. He hasn't been mute uh, for the last three days. 
I know um, I have time now to spend family for this holiday season, but I will not say a word for the next 48 hours. I mean, I, I don't think they're going to, if, if what you're hoping for is we're going to have a sit down and have a press conference about something. I don't just for you, Clint, give me NBC news. Oh, this is shocking to me. Another grad transfer portal entry. Eligible right away, can go anywhere. That's why their name's in the portal right now. Oh, Clint. Will Howard. Really? Kansas State quarterback Will Howard is in the transfer portal. Good for him. How about that? Wow. That's incredible. I wonder if that's NIL related. Quarterback Will Howard. Man, I'm going to. There's going to have to be some reporting on that, and I will eagerly hoover it up. Um, (laughs) This on the chat line. Uh, after Tech's touchdown, they didn't get back to Texas' side of the 50 until the last play of the game. That is flat-out disgusting. Yeah, it was pretty gross. Although, I at that point, I had already checked out. So I'll, I'll say, uh, I'll take your uh, your word for it. Y'all, y'all are doing a better job of, of staying mired in that game than I am, than I did. I, I'm uh, moving on. Um, this on the Yates Flooring Center chat line. Hold on, hold on. Half of these texts are just some a-hole doing 57 to 7. Um, <laughs> this person said, you call 300 yards rushing good defense? No, you're, you're miss, uh, really you're just taking my words out of context. I said that they played better than I expected considering how badly um, Tech's offense played right how how little um i mean all in special teams too right the block punts and all that stuff to hold them to as many field goals as they did yeah especially in the first half i Kinda think kept us kept us around i mean it. you yeah. were you were dead but you were on the life uh life support for longer than i was expecting i guess um this on the chat line Uh, wait, so it wasn't a bit when AD said Clint copied the music for the e- email song? He really didn't compose that himself? No, he did. He did. Uh, this in the chat line. Uh, do y'all remember when Tech had the largest offensive line in the country? Leach understood the air raid needed that. Why doesn't McGuire? Um, this on the chat line. How did you feel about UT running it up at the end? Could have easily taken a knee. I, I have. No, if you don't like it, stop him. Did, yeah, don't care. Wasn't yeah. watching at that point. Yeah, I mean, I wasn't hanging around I, I'm for not, the fourth quarter. I'm not misery. waking up on Saturday feeling all you know bright and bushy-tailed. If you had only lost fifty to seven, I mean, what do I care? This has been the Tech Talk podcast presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. Check out our library of Double T ninety seven three podcasts at double T ninety seven three dot com.